Hello, I'm Mark Petruzzi, host of Selling the Cloud podcast. And I'm Ray Reich, your co-host of the show. We talk to a wide variety of cloud and SaaS industry thought leaders and revenue generation experts who share their unique insight into what is required to build and grow a great business in the cloud. Now on to today's show. Welcome to today's episode of the Selling the Cloud podcast. I'm your host, Ray Reich, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mark Petruzzi. Hey, Mark. Hey, Ray. Today, we are joined by Dipanjan Das, service line leader for sales and commercial service line, cloud, high tech, and media at Genpact. Welcome to the podcast, Dipanjan. Hey, Ray. Hey, Mark. Nice to be here. So today, we'll be covering three main topics. First, the new B2B sales reality, preparing for tomorrow's inevitable disruption. Second, the concept of disruption-ready selling. And third, the importance of data plus insights in future-proofing your go-to-market strategy. Dipanjan, please take a moment to give a brief background overview of your journey to becoming a guest on the Selling the Cloud podcast. Sure. Thanks, Ray. So, you know, it's interesting. I was looking at the invite the guests you had in this podcast before and you have had a very interesting and experienced set of folks that have been in the podcast before and i think i come from a little different background in the fact that my experience has more been from a data and analytics digital and process perspective in the sales and marketing area so i started my career as a mainframe programmer back in the late 1990s and then from there I grew up to become an account manager, manage sales, manage customer success, both from an IT and from a process perspective. And it's been 21 years in the industry helping clients solve complex problems in the sales and marketing and success space. And very excited to be here today. Awesome. Dipanjan, let's let's start with your perspective at a high level on the reality of B2B selling in the cloud now in 2022. Yeah, so that's a very interesting question, Mark. I think we are at a point where the COVID has really accelerated the disruption that we were seeing in the space. And what you are seeing is about 70-75% of the B2B buyers, they want to buy online. And this is driven a lot by the fact that millennials are coming more and more into the B2B buying personas, right? So what's happening is, a lot of these and more than two thirds, that's an amazing number of these client personas. They want to do the research online. They want to do the buying process, conduct the buying process online. And what, what that is pushing the process towards is it's come to a point where the traditional sales models are changing. So it's more online, it's omnichannel. Experience takes a lot of importance and data and analytics and figuring out the customer needs takes a lot of importance. So based upon that kind of forecast, and I love data, so that's what I do all day long. I do benchmarking research, and we actually conducted some research about this kind of self-service, both research and buying. We also found that 54% of buyers who said they bought with no salesperson engagement were disappointed with their purchase decision. So it's very interesting. They prefer to do the research, but then they're disappointed because they didn't get to talk to someone about the product before they purchased. So with that kind of as a backdrop, you know, we, we had significant transformation during COVID. 
If you look out the next one or two years, do you see continued transformation? And if the answer is yes, what are going to be the major aspects of digital selling that's going to change? Yes. You know, I'll answer that. But before that, Ray, I'd like to address your point on the 54% that were not happy with what the decision they made. So, you know, on one hand, when we are saying that 70, 75% of the buyers prefer to buy online, it doesn't mean that they don't want to talk to sales. It just means that they want to talk to sales when they are informed. So it's not that the role of sales is completely going away. What it means is the roles of sales is changing from being an outside sales persona, I would say, to becoming more of a trusted advisor. So that's the shift that is happening. And coming to your question, your, your question right now in terms of what's the key disruption that I'm seeing going to that's going to happen in the next one or two years. I have thought about this a lot. I think about this a lot every day. And I have kind of classified this in my mind into three areas. One, I think, is the whole sales motion and the sales process is going to transform into more of an insights-led selling process, right? So it's going to be data and insights-led. And what that means is not only your marketing, not only your lead gen and lead qualification processes, but all across the revenue cycle, from your lead generation to qualification, to converting your sales, to the continuous engagement, customer success, and renewals, the entire process is going to be a data and insights-led process. The second change that I'm seeing is customer experience is going to become not a nice to have, but a differentiator. And it's going to be more of a digital CX framework and methodology that's going to be center stage of the selling process. And again, it's not going to be only at the front end of the buying process, it's going to be all across. Digital CX at the time of buying, after the sales process has you know, completed into the engagement part of the, of the process, all through into customer success and renewals. How do you use CX as a differentiator? Is going to be more and more important. And the third thing, which I think is going to be very important is the sales culture is going to change. It, it has to change with the millennials you know, and the, the buying behavior changing, customers doing their research online. They want to come to an organization when they're informed. The entire sales culture has to change from being outside selling to inside selling. And what that really means is the role of sales has to change into more of a trusted advisor. Yeah. And you know what? So, Dipanjan, you hit on a few really powerful uh, movements that are occurring and ones that I think can really be leveraged in a really powerful way for sales organizations. And one of the things I've really looked at is use the term trusted advisor and that's one way to describe it very powerful as well. And many of you know, I've done lots of work with Charlie Green, who's kind of coined that phrase over the years, but I almost see it going to another level now. And it's really a, a Sherpa led sales model. And from a standpoint of, I would like to see not all sales organizations, but many sales organizations, most customer success organizations and lots of CX organizations out there view themselves as a guide, you know, that they're really there to guide the buyers through the process. And I, I know that's an area that you have a lot of insight in and interest in as well. What can companies like GenPack, what can individuals and sales organizations do to help their sales reps get to that type of mindset? Yes, you know, it's again, it's, it's a disruption, it's a change in the process because sales is going through that disruption where they were used to selling, right? So if I'm a sales guy, I have targets to meet, right? I have numbers to meet. 
my day doesn't go well till I've spoken to five people a day, right? And I'm seeing my pipeline going from the top of the funnel to the middle of the funnel to the end of the funnel. That process is now changing. And now I'm doing a lot of analysis. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of reports and insights coming to me. I'm spending a lot of time doing that myself. So from talking to people, being in the field, now sitting at home, doing the research online, my marketing team's giving me a lot of insights. So the process has changed. So you're now kind of selling through a computer as opposed to selling to a dinner. So it's a, it's a very different shift. And we also have done some research, Mark, you know, in terms of how much time does a sales person in an in a enterprise selling uh, model, how much of that time goes into actually selling versus helping sell? And we have figured out the numbers are quite large. It's about 30 to 35% of a salesperson's bandwidth goes in doing administrative things like pushing the code, you know, talking to the channel partner, you know, setting the price correct in the system, figuring out MDM issues and those kind of things. So I think it's compounded now, the fact that you are not in the field and the fact that you have so much of your bandwidth is anyway taken up by all of these tasks. You really have to figure out a way in which what we call bring the joy back to selling. How do you bring the joy back to selling? How do you motivate that organization to still be able to sell in this virtual world as we move towards the metaverse is something that's, you know, a change management exercise that organizations have to do. Yeah, it's interesting. You talked about bringing the joy back to selling. So like you, I started as an engineer and then I realized they had something called quota and variable comp. So I went into sales for a few years. And the biggest joy I got was when I was talking to my prospect about their business challenges and how they were measured and seeing if my product aligned to their business value or their bonus criteria. So my question to you, do you think part of this transformation is moving more from highlighting feature function and how it works to how it impacts your business? Is that part of the, the journey? I think that's a big part of the journey because more and more the conversations are becoming about value. Now, value not only for the product, value for your end clients. And in some cases, not only value for the for my end client, value for the client of my end client. Or the very largest in SaaS or cloud providers, they are looking at it from a very different lens. They are looking at it from a lens of what outcome can I not only drive for my client who are buying AdWords, for example, but what experience can I drive for the client of that client so that my client is growing? So how can I use that kind of a CX lens to drive growth for my customer? That's the lens that you know salespeople are putting on more and more. That's the lens that organizations are putting on in terms of helping their salespeople being that trusted advisor or the Sherpa that Mark's talking about. It's more of a domain consultant role. Understand the value that your product drives for your clients and in some cases, the clients of your clients to drive growth for your customers. That's, that's the lens with which the process is being looked at more and more. And it sure sounds like after all these years, we're really asking sales reps to be the CEO of their territory, much more than just a sales rep, because they have to define all of these items. They have to, they have to learn different skills and the, the really good ones become more productive based on lots of other skills than just pure selling skills. And it's funny, I look at it almost as, you know, we used to kind of you know, pick up our, our prospects and clients in a, in a taxi. And we used to kind of drive them along to where we're going. And now very few companies, very few prospects really want that. What they may like is if we drop off to them a scooter 
and a mountain bike and a few other things and let them decide how to get there. And depending on where their journey is and if they have to go over mountains and hard terrain, well, you know, if we were giving them a, uh, a scooter, they're not going to get there. But if we give them a mountain bike or a uh, off-road motorcycle, they're going to they're gonna do great. And that's selling in my, my mind today. Just got to be very flexible and, and very nimble. Hey, Mark, yeah. let me piggyback on that and then throw another question over to Panjan. And that is, we were speaking to John Miller, who's the founder of Marketo. He's like, you know, Ray, yesterday's sales process was kind of linear from point A to point B to point C. But today it's more like a soccer match, right? Where the ball can go forward and to the left and then come back and then go to the right. He goes, so it's not linear. And we were talking before this podcast about disruptions because you know Gartner says now for enterprise class selling there's 11 stakeholders typically involved in the product evaluation decision process so disruptions happen all the time maybe an executive leaves so is that what you're talking about Dupanjan when you talk about disruption based selling or is it a little bit different can you opine a little bit on that Yes, I think that disruption-based selling is where it's getting disrupted on multiple fronts, right? So everything we spoke about so far is disruption. So going from inside, you know, outside selling to inside selling, figuring out the role that CX or customer experience plays across your revenue cycle. And what you're saying is very apt is because that linear process, I almost say it's becoming a circular process, right? Because it's it's not a linear process, it's a continuous engagement process. So it is not like, I mean, those days are gone where you are selling multi-million dollar, you know, contracts, and then you're going to only look at that client again, two years, three years down the line when there's a time for renewal. You are now into a, into a model where it is a six-month subscription, it's a one-year subscription. And what's very important is, not only did you do the client acquisition in the right way, once the acquisition is done and the handoff happens from sales to your mid office for service, and then from service into your finance, that entire continuum has to be managed in such a way that the customer experience is not impacted. So that's not how traditionally sales folks have been trained, right? So there are a lot of companies have very different sales and marketing focus for acquisition, and then a very different focus for renewals. But in, in the middle of it, that whole customer success and the engagement process is not generally looked at. So now we'll have to really figure out how do you look at the continuum of the revenue operations and make sure that you are driving it in such a way that your growth targets are not impacted. So that definitely is a big disruption. And you know, I talk to a lot of clients and I'm at a point where I think I, I don't expect everyone to agree with me, <laughs> but I do see that uh, while a lot of companies talk about it and want to do it, they don't have a methodology and they don't have a process to tackle that continuum. So, so Nabantin, share some more tools and technology and processes that sales teams need nowadays in that disruption-led environment, you know, disruption-based, you know, selling model that we live in. What, what tools and tech do, do, do individuals need to move? Because we all know there's way too many out there. There's, you know, there's, you know, every area really in, in one way, shape or form has turned into a commodity from a technology perspective. So what's important? What maybe is not as important? Yeah, you know, obviously there are a lot of companies in this space. The sales tech space has just blown out of proportion. So I, I'm not going to talk about any one company in particular, but I'll touch upon the approach of how can a company look at 
the sales tech and the right way of, of figuring out their sales tech strategy. And to me, that really is how do you look at an outcome-driven process to so the same continuous engagement that I was talking about. So if you have to drive all the way from customer acquisition to revenue generation, to then customer success, then service sales, expand selling, renewals, all of that are, your, are, are the KPIs that you want to track. I think the first step, Mark, is to create a methodology where you are clear what are your level zero goals, business goals, and what are the level one KPIs that drive those level zero goals. And then from a data perspective, what you really need to figure out is how do you then create a data strategy where you have elements of data from across the revenue cycle into a data lake that can create that kind of a data index for you. And that data index is not done only through a CDP. It's not enough. It has to be more than marketing automation. It has to be more than a CDP. It has to go into your continuous engagement, your customer success, your renewals. So that data lake has to provide you that end-to-end view. So that, that really, to me, is the approach of how do you look at this. And once you have, and it looks complicated, but then you have to bring in order data, you have to bring in telemetry data, you have to bring in your code data, all of that in addition to your CRM and your renewals. Looks complicated, but that's my way of looking at how do you create that data lake, define those indexes, and from those indexes, then define the next best actions. This is when we need to hand it back to Ray, because we we're, we're in his world now with data and metrics and so, so Ray, not only driving the next question, we, we want to hear your point of view on all that and, and even a qualification of some of the things that the Panjin is bouncing around now. Yeah, well, it's interesting. You could see that I was kind of chomping at the bit because I love this. So we talk about the customer life cycle, right? Especially in subscription-based models where you look at customer acquisition is tightly integrated to customer retention, tightly integrated to customer expansion. And we keep talking about sales tech or marketing tech, right? To me, it's how do you use a revenue technology stack to optimize each stage of this journey and collect the data that even shows optimization from acquisition efficacy to retention efficacy, i.e. this ICP may be easier to acquire, but it's a heck of a lot harder to sell upsells to or retain. So do you find most companies are really looking at, first of all, their end-to-end process, and then their automation structure, and then the KPIs that they're collecting holistically like that? Or do you still see most companies are capturing them departmentally or maybe just for one stage of the life cycle deposition? Yes, you know, that's where I think there's a lot of of ground still to be covered by most companies. I see there are only a very few companies that are thinking end-to-end or are thinking end-to-end and have a strategy to to do something about it end-to-end. I think most companies are still struggling with how to even look at the data strategy in silos, right? So what's my data strategy for marketing, for example? ABM is catching up, but it's catching up slowly, right? So not not a lot of companies are still effectively using ABM and intent data and third-party data to figure out the first part of the the acquisition strategy. Then comes the middle part, which is, I think, the most neglected part right now is the customer success and the continuous engagement. I, I see very few companies really focusing on that. And the traditional customer success tools out there in the marketplace don't address this space. And then the last space is really your renewals and expand selling. 
I think there are a whole bunch of tools out there in that space, which kind of helps you understand when is the T minus 30, T minus 60, T minus 90, but it's more of a renewal motion. And there are enough tools out there and companies are doing it. But then the customer's behavior is changing again, right? So it's not anymore about end of the process, renewal trigger that's going to give you the revenue. Because the middle portion is neglected, what's really happening is that continuum of engagement is not there. And I think that's the space where, where there is a lot of work still to be done. So to address your question, still in silos, and even in the silos, there is struggle. Very few are really looking at end-to-end. And I'm just going to pine a little bit more, Mark, and thank you for the invitation, because I totally agree with you. And I'll give you, uh, it's not an anecdote, it's a real-life customer example. They're like, Ray, sales development is our number one outbound prospecting um, vehicle as measured by pipeline. And he goes, it's like 42%. And so I just went to the next question. What percentage of your new business comes from sales development? He goes, it's almost 28%. So still a drop-off, right? Yeah. And then I said, what percent of the new customers who come from sales development in an outbound motion versus an inbound motion are here two and then three years later? He's like, well, we don't measure that. I go, then how do you know what's the most effective acquisition model from a lifetime value because customer lifetime value to your customer acquisition cost is one of the top measurements that investors look at. So I think what I see is exactly what you see. They don't think about how my source of pipeline ends up being my source of cash two, three years out. Exactly. I think the linkages are not there. Most companies don't know what has been the smartest acquisition techniques for them that eventually gave them more CLTV. So that's not being measured at all. So there's a lot of ground to be covered in that space. Mark, you have a final question. I can't believe we're already coming up to the end of this show. Well, we so quick. Yeah, I guess just to close up, you know, Dipanjan, can you walk us through two or three recommendations you have in, you know, how do you how do you make your sales organization future ready? And particularly in that that the next two, three years, which to Ray's point earlier. The next two years or three years are going to be different than the last few. Some people may say we've gone through so many disruptions that we won't see many in the next two years or three years. I disagree. I think we're going to see just as many or more. Um, so, yeah, what are the two or three key areas you you focus on with your clients and your relationships? Yeah. There are really three things, right? Again, I think I'll go back to the beginning of the conversation when I was touching upon those three main areas. I think the first thing is how do you enable your sales organization to become an insights-led selling organization? And that's where the sales teams need a lot of help. They are not typical data engineers. They are not data strategists. So they need help because when a sales guy tries to figure out the problem of a data strategy, they will typically do it only for the top of the funnel. So I think helping your sales team convert insights-led selling organization, not only for acquisition, but acquisition and engagement and continuous customer success motions is something that that's the first thing that an organization needs to do. The second thing I think it's time for us to stop talking about customer experience as a nice to have and really figuring out a way and a methodology for the sales organization, the success organizations to come together and have a way to measure that experience. What is the experience that you are giving? How do you measure it? How do you predict it? How do you derive your next best actions based on that experience? Again, this needs a lot of data infusion. It needs strategy. 
And I think that's where the sales teams and the customer success teams needs help from the larger organization so that they can really have CX as a competitive differentiator. And this CX is not a journey map, it's a digital CX methodology. And the third thing that I think is very important is creating the new age sales culture, right? Which is where helping out your sales folks in terms of you have to get used to selling to a computer. You have to get used to having a lot of data and insights and understanding how your leads are getting qualified automatically through data. Use that, analyze that, understand your customer behavior, and you know that's one part of the equation. The other part of the, of the equation is how can you help the sales guys get rid of all the bandwidth that they are spending in administrative activities and bring those bandwidth back into their actual core job, which is understanding their client's behavior and bring the joy back to selling. So I would say those are the three main pivots of preparing for the future, Mark. Awesome. Thank you. Ray, would you like to wrap us up? Going to, and I just have to summarize, bring the joy back to selling by making better use of data. I'm tickled to death to hear that, Defonjan. And Mark, you know that that makes my ears very happy. But to our listening audience out there, thank you so much for investing 30 minutes of your time with us today. And if you like the content and the guests that we have here on the Selling the Cloud podcast, it would mean the world to us to go ahead and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Go ahead and give us that five-star ranking and let us know how we can make the show even better. Thank you to our listening audience. Mark, as always, thank you for being a co-host. And Dipanjan, thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you for having me. Thank you, gentlemen. Cheers. 